us. Fear not, fear not, O my people. Because I have come to strengthen you. I have come to equip you. And I've come to show you that which I have paid a price for you for. The time of darkness is over. It is now time for life. And as you begin to walk in that, I will be using you in order to manifest the kingdom of God here, says the Lord. Please proceed that with the homily. Praise be to God. Today we are talking about our being purified in power. Well, we know that the power of God is so strong that there's nothing that can stand against it. Whether it's the power of sin or the power of darkness, this thing cannot stand before the power of God Almighty. And today as we have heard the different readings, it's important for us to realize that there are many things that we can talk about from the Word of God. But today, from the many things that we can talk about, and it doesn't mean the other lessons are not important, I believe this is what God is trying to communicate to us. It's this. Let us walk in relationship with the Lord, that we might walk in the power and character of the Lord. Let us walk in relationship with the Lord, that we might walk in the power and character of the Lord. Okay? What does that mean, let us walk in relationship with the Lord? Well, very clearly from the Word of God, the Bible tells us that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God becomes our Father. Amen? And before that, God is our Creator. But because of faith in Christ, the Bible says, especially the sacrament of holy baptism, one of the one of the things that baptism teaches us, that we are adopted as children of God. God considers us our own. And that's the reason why Jesus Christ gave us uh, what we normally term the Lord's Prayer. But it's really the prayer of the family. Because of our faith in Christ, we, God has said, God has given us the right and the privilege to address Him as Father. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you have children? If your children comes to you and says, Daddy or Mommy, can you buy me this gift? You go to a store and you buy it for them, right? But what if someone was watching and thinks, I want to do the same thing also. He's not related to you. He's not your child. He's not your son. And he goes to you and he says, Daddy, Mommy, can you buy me that gift also? You're not inclined to do that, right? Because that person is not related to you. You're willing to do something for family, right? You're willing to do something for your children. But for someone who's not related to you, well, it might depend on your mood whether you'd like to do it or not. Okay? If you're feeling really good that day, feeling really uh, merciful that day, maybe you just received your 14, 15, 16 month bonus. <laughs> you might be inclined to buy something from someone you don't know. You might be inclined to buy something for a stranger. But if you're going through uh, some challenges in your life, you might be willing to do something for your kid, but for somebody's kid that you don't even know, that you're not related to, you're not willing. You, you're not willing to do that, right? Well, 
Bible says that we are adopted children of God. And sometimes we think, you know what, uh, if we're adopted, we're not really real children. Well, according to the Word of God, we are. Jesus Christ said, on that day, you will ask the Father something. And I'm telling you, it's not that you have to come to me so that I'll have to go to the Father in your behalf. But the Father has given you the right to approach Him. The same right that the Father has given me to come to Him and ask Him for things, God the Father has also given you that right because you are adopted children of God. You are not inferior to me. You understand what I'm saying? Why do we say that? Because Jesus Christ says, For the Father loves you as He loves me. Take note, Jesus Christ never said, the Father loves you, but the Father loves me more. Okay? He never said, you know, guys, you have to be thankful. Even though the Father loves me more than you, at least he loves you. Of course I'm the favorite. I'm the real son of God. Jesus Christ never said that. Do you understand what I'm saying? What he said is this. The Father loves you the same way he loves me. Amen? The Father loves you the same way as he loves Jesus Christ. Why? Because he considers you his children. But then, you know, we, in our day and age, we have family problems, and sometimes uh, we have what we call the generation gap. Sometimes children complain. I don't know my dad. I don't know my mom. And sometimes I've heard parents complain, they're growing up, they're past. I don't know them anymore. It is possible to live under one roof. Do your own thing and become strangers to each one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? I mean, that happens in the home. I've been in homes where when it comes to meals, it's up to you to eat your own meal. Nobody waits for anyone. If I'm hungry, I don't care if my kid is hungry. I don't care if my wife is hungry. I'll just go ahead and eat. Now, I understand sometimes we have to do something like that because of our busy lives, because of our different schedules. Especially today, we have call centers. For some people, their morning is night. So, yeah, I understand that sometimes we can't come together during family meals. But at least, at least once a week, at least, I try to do this on a Sunday. Breakfast. We all come together if we're all here. So that we can come together, we can talk. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we get so busy doing our own thing. We don't care what dad is doing. We don't care what mom is doing. We don't care what sister is doing. We don't care what our brother's doing. And if you ask, where's your brother? I don't know. Where's your mom? I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can get so very busy with our lives. We just don't care about anyone except ourselves, even our own family members. And we have situations in homes where children don't know their father. Where children don't know their mother. And parents don't know their kids. So that when problems come, their kids run to other kids for counseling. Instead of receiving wisdom and experience from their parents, they go to another person. And if that person's values are twisted, 
guess the kind of answers that you're going to get. Hello? I mean, when kids today want to get married and they're wanting to find out about marriage, who do they go to? Do they go to their parents today? Some do. They learn. Some consult somebody else. Okay? So, and some just get their values from movies, from celebrity, celebrity stars. And, you know, we, we, ha we have situations where, how come you don't, you know, we've got kids develop problems and, and say, how come you didn't come to me for, well, I don't know how to talk to you. I'm your dad, you don't know how to talk to me. I'm your mom, you don't know how to talk to me. I'm your elder brother, you don't know how to talk to me. Okay? Yeah. Because just because you're related does not mean you have a relationship. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. And sometimes you have Christmas, you have anniversaries, you've got birthdays, you've got reunions, but guess what? There are certain family members who are not present during those special times. They would be rather be in somewhere else. Why? Because they know that person more than you do. Why they develop a relationship with that person. They have more confidence in somebody else than you, even though you are biological family. Why? Because there's no relationship. You don't spend time together. Hello? Well, let me tell you this. When you put your faith in Christ, God, the Father, is actually your Father. Okay? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, actually becomes your kuya. I have a kuya. I'm the eldest in the family, but finally I found out I've got an elder brother. His name is Jesus. And just like we develop a relationship, how do you get to know people? You spend time with them. How do you get to know your friends? You spend time with them. Okay? It's like when you have a reunion. I've got, I, I, I had a reunion with some friends. And I found out that they're not the same guys that, you know, I knew like 30 years ago. Okay? They don't relate to the same jokes anymore. They don't relate to the same things anymore. It's still them, except that, you know, along the way they grew. So I used to know them. And when we talk about stories in the past, okay, we get related. But some of them, the values have changed. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes we get together and we start talking. And they start throwing down words of profanities, the F words, the S words. And they're wondering why I'm not doing the same thing, because I used to do the same thing to them. You know, we curse somebody's mom. But I don't do that anymore. And to them, they don't understand. And when I, when I tell them, this is what I'm doing now, for them, really? What kind of a racket is that? <laughs> For them, it's a racket. You understand what I'm saying? See, we need to understand that you are related to your father. Your father knows you. 
You are related to Jesus Christ the Lord. He's your brother. He knows you. But every time you find in the Holy Scriptures, he says, Seek the Lord. Come to me. There is an open invitation for us to spend time with God. Don't, don't you want a God that you can talk to? Don't you want a God who can respond to your questions? Don't you want a God that you can just hang out with? Sometimes we think God is too busy, and sometimes we come to God and we say, Oh God, I'm in such trouble right now. And if you will simply answer this prayer, I will never, ever bother you again. Do you know that when you come to God, it is not a bother to Him? Do you know that you are not an interruption in the schedule of God? Do you know that the Father's heart yearns for your attention for Him? Do you know that the Father longs for you to come to Him? He longs for your fellowship with Him. But sometimes they don't know what to say. They don't say anything to say, Father, I'm just being with you today. Because your Father loves you. And wants to spend time with you. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ says, But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, right? Because your Father, who is in secret, is waiting for you. Imagine that. The Father wants some alone time with you okay i mean think about it our god our father is answering all kinds of needs all kinds of prayers all kinds of supplications and petitions going around the world uh, it could be political problems it could be family problems it could be financial problems all kinds but he says i want to spend some alone time with you well, how can he spend some alone time with you when he's also spending some alone time? How many of you were praying 4 o'clock this morning? Really? I was praying at 4 o'clock this morning. How come I didn't see him? Because it was just me and God. It was just you and God. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I mean, God pays attention to you as if you're the only one who exists. Right? I mean, he listens not only to the words of your lips. He listens to the cry of your heart. There are some things you can't say, but he listens to your heart. He pays close attention to you. Do we pay close attention to him also? I mean, we're, we're praying to God, oh God, just talk to me. Give me guidance. Lord, I'm listening to you. Excuse me, Lord. <laughs> All right, we don't pay attention to God. We allow the world to interrupt us when God is talking to us. You understand what I'm saying? God pays closer attention to us than we to Him. We'll we'll develop our ears for hearing God when we really spend time. Amen. See, that's 
God's invitation to us, get to know him. Uh, as a matter of fact, in one of the uh, passages in the book of Jeremiah, he says there, don't let the mighty man boast in his strength. Don't let the wise man boast in his wisdom, in his intelligence, in his IQ. I'm paraphrasing. Don't let the rich man boast in his wealth. If you are going to boast, boast that you know me. You understand what I'm saying? He said, that's something to be proud about. But you can say, I know God. He knows me and I'm getting to know him more and more. As a matter of fact, the book of Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says, the people who know their God shall be strong and they will do great exploits. There will be heroes of the faith. They will do extraordinary things. It will be like there are many Jesus people in the world today because they will be raising the dead. They will be giving hearing to the, the deaf. They will be allowing the dumb to speak. They will be casting out everything that Jesus did. They will be doing. Yeah, walking in the water included there. But they'll be doing something else also. The greater works that Jesus Christ talked about. Jesus Christ says, if you believe in me, then the works that I do, you shall do also. In other words, Jesus Christ is saying this, I expect you to do what I've done. I expect you to duplicate and multiply what I have done. Isn't that what he said? If anyone believes in me, the works that I do, you will what? You will what? You will discuss among yourselves only. If you believe in me, the works that I do, you will theorize among yourselves only. Now, that's not what he said, right? You believe in me, the works that I do, you shall, you shall. What? We're kind of, we're kind of scared to say the word. You shall do also. That's what he said. Okay? Now understand this, Jesus Christ is not a politician. He doesn't say things just to get your vote. Okay? He says things because these are things that he hears from God our Father. He wants us to know the heart of our Father. He wants us to know how heaven operates. Why? Because he wants us to operate on the earth according to the principles of the kingdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So, he teaches us. He spends a lot of time teaching us. And, you know, he doesn't want us to be uh, uh, ignorant of all of these things. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just uh, read verse 21 to 22. Then they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and he taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. They know immediately on the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue. They had the temple. Uh, the temple's a big one. 
and it's all, it's located somewhere and sometimes they live in different places, it's far away. They're at least required to uh, report to the temple at least three times in a year. But if they can do that, then they go to their synagogue. They have little prayer cells, they have little Bible cells, and they, they do prayers and they do a lot of teaching in the synagogues. Okay? Jesus Christ placed a premium on teaching. He not only preached, he proclaimed the kingdom of God, he taught them this is how the kingdom works. Why does he teach us how the kingdom works? Because he wants us to live out the principles of the kingdom while we're still on earth. How many of you expect to go to heaven one day? Thank God, I expect to see you there. In heaven, no problems. Okay? Here we'll always have problems. That's what Jesus Christ says, in the world you will have tribulation. But then he says, but be of good cheer. Don't panic. <laughs> Rejoice in this, what? I have overcome the world. Okay, you say, okay, Lord, you've overcome the world. What about us? Well, I'm your brother, I'm your Lord, I am your savior. And the victory I have, I'm giving to you. I am teaching you the principles of victory. He teaches us to have faith so that we can uh, oppose fear. He teaches us how to love so that we cannot be captives of bitterness and unforgiveness. He teaches us how to walk in grace so that sin might not hold us in prison. In other words, he teaches us things that will enable us to walk as overcomers in the earth. You understand what I'm saying? He's telling us in the world you will have problems, but if you keep walking in my path, if you keep looking at me, if you keep trusting in me, if you keep doing what I told you to do, then my power will flow in your life and my power will deliver you and cause you to overcome every time. Amen? He says he goes to the synagogue. What, what do they do in the synagogues? They preach, they teach. You know, that's like, uh, you know, somebody is there as an administrator, uh, and he kind of invites people who like to talk. People come up, and one of them is Jesus. Jesus did a lot of teaching. But then it says here that when he taught, he was not like the scribes, he taught with authority. He taught with conviction. Okay? What does that mean? Well, it's like this. How many of you are familiar with the song of uh, Neil Diamond, O Caroline? Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Heard that song? Maybe the millennials have not heard it. But Neil Diamond wrote that song in 1969. And when he sang it, people were asking, who's Caroline? Who's Caroline? So they started coming up with different theories. Maybe she was a childhood sweetheart who got away. Okay, or, or maybe she's like this and like that. In other words, you can only theorize. You can study his life. If anyone is named Caroline or uh, he's friends with someone who knew Caroline. 
you, you hear maybe this is the Carolina he was thinking about. Maybe she's the one that she, he really wanted to marry. Instead, he married us. And he thought that's the one who got away. You understand what I'm saying? Like scribes, we can only theorize what he meant. One day, Neil Diamond finally says, Guys, Caroline there is Caroline Kennedy. I sang that song on her 50th birthday. The only one who really knows the intention is the guy who wrote it. That's why he can say it with authority, This is what I meant. And when Jesus Christ taught the Holy Scriptures, there was that authority there. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? What? And you have to remember what Jesus Christ keeps saying. The things that I say to you, they're the things I heard from my Father. The things that I do, these are the things I saw my Father do. What does that say? He had a relationship with the Father. One of the things that he would do is that he would get away from his disciples for a while and you know, be alone and be with the Father. He spent time with the Father. He knew the Father. Okay? And if, 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 the, if, if there was something in the Word of God that says this, he would say, this is what it means because this is what the Father uh, is telling us. And you know what? He sent the Holy Spirit to live within us. And if we will walk in relationship with him, if we will seek him, he will reveal certain things to us in the Holy Scriptures. Do you understand what I'm saying? I remember reading about the life of John Alexander Dowie. He was a preacher, I think, somewhere in uh, Australia. And people were getting sick, and people were dying, and, you know, he, he prayed and prayed, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, stop the death. Stop the sick. Lord, have mercy on us. You, know, you, you pray. Have you heard someone pray, but they're not really sure if they're praying within the will of God? He would pray for the people who are sick. And he would say, Lord, uh, please have mercy. If it is your will, heal this person. They're not sure if it's the will of God. Somehow they... they there are theories out there that tell you God uses sickness to teach you something. Okay? Well, I've never seen Jesus Christ say that. So one day he was just praying, he was doing a lot of burying of his, he was burying people from, from his congregation. He was burying their sisters. He was burying their friends. He was conducting he was doing more funerals than baptisms and marriages. And so while he was reading the Holy Scriptures in his frustration, he threw the Bible against the wall. And when it hit the wall, it hit the floor, it opened up to a certain page. So he looked at where it opened. It opened up in the book of Acts where it says there how the Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And he looked at it, he looked at it, he thought about it, and suddenly it was as if the Lord spoke to him and says, I'm not the one oppressing people with sickness, that's the devil. Okay? And 
He says, you've got to deal with more authority about this. And from that time on, when we started praying for people, he said, Lord, if it's your will, he, he says, in the name of Jesus, sickness be gone. And he would see people getting healed. He would see people getting better. He would see more results from his prayer. Why? Because he started praying with authority. That authority is the result. You, you have, you've always had that authority. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, that authority is yours, but it doesn't become real to you. That means if you see a creature of darkness, you probably run away. But if you know the Lord, you know that authority is in there. Even if it's the entire host of hell concentrated against you, you will not stand your ground. You will stand your ground. You will not retreat. You will not run away. You will not surrender. You will not be in terror. You will understand you and Jesus. You will always be a majority against the entire host of hell. You understand what I'm saying? I've heard somebody say, you know, you can trust God. He's kind, he's good, yes, I agree. And then he says this, God is harmless. Excuse me, God is harmless, he, he will not harm you. I said, well, you have to understand something, God is not harmless, okay? I mean, God wants to destroy us, he can. He's an all-powerful God. An all-powerful God is not a harmless God. You understand what I'm saying? But because God is good, okay, he will not use his power to destroy us. You understand what I'm saying? And this is one of the nature of God. He's love. We've gone through that passage in Scripture in the second reading where we need to walk in love. You see, God has given you great authority. God gives the power in your hand. But what guarantees that we will not abuse that power? God wants us also to develop the love of God in our hearts. You understand what I'm saying? See, some people say, well, you know, I like the power of God. Some people say, well, you know, I'd rather have the character of God. God wants you to have both. Hello? Okay? You have the power of God. And you will not abuse this simply because you are also walking in the love of God. Amen? Are you learning something from this? Oh man, going beyond. Uh, let me just uh, close this. And it says here, he taught them with authority. And the Lord wants us to uh, develop a hunger for the teaching of the Word of God. He spent so much time teaching people. And he will continue to teach us because he wants us. The scripture says, people perish for a lack of knowledge. Well, God doesn't want us to perish for a lack of knowledge. He wants us to learn. And how many of you know, you don't learn everything of the kingdom of God just because you've read it once, just because you've heard it once. How many of you have heard me teach on faith? How many of you became experts the first time you heard it? Did become experts, right? I know a lot about it right now, but I find out there's still something more for me to learn. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. Okay, let's go on. Verse 23. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. 
And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What are we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed. And, and so they, they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What, what, what new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions around Galilee. One of the reasons why Jesus Christ spent so much teaching, and he wants the word taught for his body right now, is so that we can start living like him. Okay? In this particular situation, it says, there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. Um, looking at the original language, uh, there's a term here, and the idea basically is this. Somehow, this person opened up his life to an unclean spirit. It could be because of deception. Okay? And it seems like that this man and this unclean spirit, they were in integrated. So much so that the man was losing control and the unclean spirit was taking dominion over him. And when Jesus Christ entered the synagogue, when Jesus Christ showed up, the, the unclean spirit says, uh, let us alone. For the unclean spirit, the presence of Jesus is an interruption concerning its own activity. You have to understand something. The kingdom of darkness is being led by a fallen angel. Once upon a time, he was the most beautiful angel. He was the one who was collecting the praise to give to God. His name was Lucifer. But he started coveting. He started becoming trapped. And he started thinking, I will build my throne on top of the throne of God. And because of this, God cast him out of heaven. Was that the time that Michael, you fought with Lucifer? No. No. God doesn't need angels to cast out Lucifer and his other fallen angels. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Uh, you, you will not cast out. I better create more angels so that Lucifer will not overpower me. Understand this. There is more power in God's little pinky against the entire host of heaven. Let me say this. There is more power in your little pinky than the entire host of heaven. But we don't know this. We're more familiar with what the powers of darkness can do. Why? We watch the horror movies. We love to get scared. When fear comes in, faith goes out. You understand? What would happen if a real vampire 
or a real werewolf who comes against you? Will you stand your ground and say, you have no right, no authority here, you cannot hurt me, get out! He will. Or will you, oh my God! You understand what I'm saying? Well, because we've allowed Hollywood to teach us that the powers of hell are greater. I mean, we have Christians who consult their horoscopes, who go to psychics to find out what the future holds. Why are you consulting an inferior fallen power? Don't you know that when you do that, you open the doors to the spirits who deceive you? And they cannot enter your life if you do not give them permission. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, they're saying this guy was allowing this spirit to control his life over and over until finally he it was more dominant than him. Now you have to understand Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And the more we yield to the Holy Spirit, the more he becomes dominant in our life. And when Jesus Christ entered, he was not doing anything yet. And the spirit began began to react. What are you doing here? You, you, you belong there, we belong here, don't bother us. See, the mere presence of Jesus bothered the unclean spirit. And I know that. I've told you the story, how Father Nono and I, we went to this hospital. And even before we entered, even before we saw uh, one of the, uh, you know, there's a woman that's being bothered. She was always saying, there are people with a cross coming in, there are people with a cross, and I don't want to be here. We didn't even know she was there. But she was aware of who we were. And we were still like 10 feet away and she was already being bothered by that. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what Jesus Christ wants you to do. He wants you to interfere with the works of darkness, not just disturb them, but cast them out. You've got the light of God in you. He says, arise, shine. For your light has come. Darkness will cover the people, deep darkness, and I don't care how deep it is, but over you the light of God will shine. Light of God will always overcome the darkness. And this is what God intends to do just before he comes. He wants the darkness to be pushed back, to be pushed back. And he wants us to be active in this. You see, God doesn't want you to be harmless. The greater one is in you. The power of God is in you. But he wants you to walk in love so you don't harm people. God doesn't want you to be harmless. He wants you to be dangerous. That every time you show up, the powers of hell begin to shake because you're dangerous to him. Can you imagine the devil in your He's harmless. No. Jesus wants you to be dangerous against him. Every time you come into a city, you know, you, whether you arrive there by plane or by boat, but the moment your foot steps on that place, it will sound like thunder in the regions of hell. Oh, God, he's here. No, they won't say God. 
You understand what I'm saying? See, Jesus, don't bother us. And Jesus Christ says, oh, be quiet. In other words, they just translated it in a nice way. What he really said is this, shut up and get out. Didn't negotiate. And it says here, he was malevolent. In other words, he really didn't want to. Think about someone who doesn't want to leave the room is trying to hold on and you drag the feet outside and he's trying to hold on and he's trying to fight. That's what's happening. Doesn't really want to leave, but because your authority is so great, he was dragged out of that person. You understand what I'm saying? And what he did in that situation, God wants us to do in a global situation. Word of God says, the word is a lamp unto my feet, it is a light unto my path. The more of the word of God that we learn and walk in, the more of the light of God that will come forth from us, and the more the darkness will be pushed back. And the more this world will be purified by the power of God. Why? Because you are the dangerous ones, the sons of the kingdom, the daughters of the kingdom who will not settle for anything less, but will walk in the fullness of what God has for them. And God will use you in order to cleanse this world and purify this world of all the influence of darkness. Amen. Amen. Praise God.